Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. We took it all. We brought them to our land. An endless night. Ember hot and icy cold. The rage of the earth. We made this curse. Carved it in the blood on our backs. We did not see. We could not, but she did. And in the end, what will I become? Senwa Saga. Hellblade 2. Play it now with Game Pass. At maximum mediocrity, people say things like, I don't dress like this on the regular basis. This isn't my, you know, pooping uniform. This is not <laughs> And they also say things like, the, the nurses are usually either angels of mercy or whores. Every episode is a new experience where you get to know people that aren't famous, but should be. Why did my facing Floyd Mayweather in the Woods. My co-host Morgan and I track down the people you didn't know you needed to hear from. It's like hot sex in a mug. We are the Maximum Mediocrity Podcast, and we are on all major podcasting platforms. We'll be waiting for you. You know, Matt, I know that this album hits its highs very, very, very soon. And I know I came down real hard on the Brady Bunch. Oh, you were so negative about it. I don't think that this is as bad as the Brady Bunch, but but I I like the idea behind Buy Me a Condo a lot more than I like the actual execution of Buy Me a Condo is where, where I'm at right now. I, I'm curious where you're at with Buy Me a Condo. So I like this one a lot. Okay. I really do. I think this is one of the more interesting subject matters that he yes. has ever done. First things first, it is vaguely problematic that he is singing in that accent. The, just a little bit. Uh, also, side note, this song has the least amount of information on Wikipedia. Like, every song has, like, a paragraph about it. This one literally just says, Buy Me a Condo is a style parody of Bob Marley and reggae of the genre in general. That is yeah. the only thing that Wiki's given you on this one. Right. Which is kind of missing a little bit of the point because I, I think that the song is... What the song is great at is that it is a beautiful juxtaposition of like everything that the Rastafarian lifestyle is supposed to represent, blend it with like the yuppie consumerism of the 80s. Like it's a very smart song. I, I'm i not that big of a reggae guy, so I kind of just wish I enjoyed listening to the song as much as I like the concept of what right, the song is. Right. <laughs> like, and it's, it's also funny because I was going to say, and we'll get to this a little bit later. It's interesting because when I hear this song and I hear the way he sings it in that kind of Bob Marley accent, I I cringe a little bit because it feels like it's like, oh, God, is that like some part of it is like, is this OK? Yeah. But then in a couple songs, when he does his police parody, yeah, he's kind of singing it the exact same way. Yeah, he's it's just really doing not his that different. Voice. Yeah, Sting has been doing that voice forever. <laughs> yeah. So I was like, all right, well, I guess this is fine. It's just an interesting juxtaposition. I mean, 
it's it's a strange thing. I've always it, thought that was a little odd about the police too, for what it's worth. But it can it can be a little problematic for sure. But it's also like I don't know. I put it in the exact same category as like all of the white dudes in UB forty or like sure, yeah, exactly. There was definitely a point in time, and that's this is what's interesting because that's really what this song is about. White which reggae, is, yeah, yeah. Well, white. reggae broke in America. Uh, I mean, it broke. It, in more places than America, but this yeah. just comes at a time where Marley was huge, and there was this real like culture, like the, the reggae culture permeating American um, music culture in this new way, um, and uh, he's the song is about the reverse of Americans appropriating that culture. Yeah. So, uh, like, hmm. all of this, you know, like, I, I really think, like, lyrically, this is a brilliant satire of um, this, like, American culture thing of, like, oh, man, the in Jamaica, the every, like, this Rasta culture is so pure and organic and more wholesome and more, like, down to earth and they're more in touch with the world. Like, that's, like, the stereotype of it. And so to write the song from that guy's perspective of just wanting to have an American <laughs> suburban life is really really smart and and interesting and it's like i don't know it's very thoughtful for him i was not aware until you mentioned it because you were like oh like bob marley broke in in america and like i was not aware until just now checking his wiki page that really yeah bob marley's success came after his death basically In in the states, let's start here. Let's start, because I do think that this is a song that there's some stuff to analyze, but it's definitely a song to tangent upon um, quite a bit. Sure. Where do you fall on both? And I feel like it has to be two, two separate categories: Bob Marley and reggae as a whole. Reggae is something I came to appreciate a little bit later. That was a, you know, I'm not sure if I've talked about this on this podcast very much, but for years when Weedus wasn't on tour, I ran a record store in oh. Brooklyn. That was like my sort of day job and I would hand the reins over when the band was on the road but when I was home I was there all the time and my appreciation for reggae music really came from that where things came in and the owner of the shop who so much of my music knowledge that I have now comes from her she's just brilliant she knows everything about everything and she got me into um Marley never really resonated with me before, but then she was telling me I needed to check out, you know, like Jimmy Cliff and Peter Tosh and Augustus Pablo and all of these like real, like old school, like real, like true reggae artists of um, mostly the 70s. Um, and I, I really got into it from there and I came to appreciate it's very, I mean, it's a, uh, you know. <laughs> an overused term for me, but it's a vibe. You have to yeah. be in the right kind of mood for this sort of thing. But I came to really appreciate musically, it's this great exercise of like, it's simple or it's it's deceptively complicated. It sounds simple. It sounds very laid back and like you're not doing anything. You have to be really good to play this type of stuff, which actually yeah. segues into Al's band on this song, play it really well. This yeah. feels very legitimate. It feels genuine. Um, even... <laughs> uh, even Clapton did his version of like you know he covered a bunch of uh, yeah he Marley did like songs. I shot the sheriff I shot the sheriff yeah. and even Clapton when I hear his version of I shot the sheriff that sounds like a bunch of old white guys playing that song yeah compared I'm, to the original look a controversial statement I think that Clapton is 
one of the more overrated of the like guitar gods and all. Like, I'm not I a fan. He, I, I think we talked about this on yeah. Bucking and Blues, which is like anytime it's like a white guy playing the blues, I'm not really yeah, yeah. interested. It's it's just doesn't doesn't track for me. Yeah. Um. So, but Al's band <laughs> on this song play it really well. It's 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 totally believable to me. Um. And uh, yeah, so I guess I mean back to your original point. Yeah, like I'm I'm a, a reggae fan, and I like I grew to like Marley. Initially, I didn't get it, but now I I can appreciate a lot of his stuff. <laughs> it's funny to me. So obviously, I was a ska kid. So every sure. ska band had a couple reggae songs, and I, sure. I always was fine with that. I haven't really dug as deep into the '70s reggae as I should. Um, mm-hmm. I I would put. Bob Marley Legend up there is one of the finest, greatest hits compilations uh, probably ever totally. produced. But also because I feel like to a certain extent, and I, I think I've said this about Tom Petty when we did the Stop Dragging My Car Around, that like if the only album you owned by Tom Petty was his greatest hits album, while I definitely think that there are good non-singles in his discography, I wouldn't feel like that person was missing out on too much i'm like no the 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 hits are the hits for a reason i feel the same way with bob that. marley like yeah if you have that legend album you really do have the 14 songs that are the most impactful in in sure. his like decade-long career mm-hmm. uh but it's funny to me that my first exposure to bob marley was like was three things almost simultaneously the simpsons using jammin in an episode yep. when the cops got high. The Fugees releasing a music video of their cover of No Woman, No Cry. Yes. And when I was a kid, I didn't have cable. So I watched a lot of those like basic cable shows. And they were do there was a bunch of commercials, and I forget what it was for, but they used Get Up Stand Up as the song for this commercial. So like all three of those things were entering my life simultaneously. And then I had an aunt who loved taking a cruise to Jamaica and she had that Bob Marley legend album. So I just would listen like because of those three songs, I was like, I want to check out the rest of this, <laughs> yeah. this album. And uh, I mean, it's, it's good. It's good stuff. I think three little birds is a genuinely beautiful song. Redemption song is a beautiful song, but yeah, reggae was never my, my thing. Uh, talking about this song though, uh, it is kind of weird to hear Weird Al refer to ganja. Yeah, it, it's a it, it is definitely more uh, maybe his only weed reference in Ever. his entire yeah. catalog. It's, it it caught me off guard. I forgot that he like is like put down the ganja, and I'm like, whoa, yeah, yeah. Ow. exactly. <laughs> yeah, no, it, it and it it hits a lot of these. Uh, uh, I mean, he's hitting all of these markers of uh, you know what people associate with. Uh, the reggae movement and even his jaw, the uh, uh, which is uh, <laughs> maybe my favorite uh, joke in the entire songs. The jaw, 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 jacuzzi in my backyard. Yes, oh, it's so which good. Is, that's that really, is, really funny. That is the best joke. And him doing the jaw part. Uh, let me see if I can find the name of the song real fast. But the jaw thing also reminds me of um, Ross Trent by mm. Lonely Island. <laughs> yes. Their reggae parody as well. Um I think I think that this is one of the only times that I will say this and I'm a big Lonely Island fan, but I think that Lonely Island did a better job of what this concept was of like a a weird reggae song that like completely misses what like the ethos of reggae music is supposed to be. I think that Al's is funnier, but 
the Lonely Island kept theirs short. They kept theirs like 90 seconds to two minutes where it's like, okay, like you get in, you get the joke, you get out. I don't know if I needed a full a full track of this. And that's interesting because I would bet, I mean, there's no way, like Lonely Island must know this song. Oh, like, I, I feel like there has to have been a reference point. It, um, I guarantee it, it, it was hits too many of the same markers, you know? Yeah. Because they definitely do the jaw, like the jaw lyric almost. Mm-hmm. I mean, they don't leave the jaw, jaw, jaw to jacuzzi is absolutely <laughs> brilliant. The, I mean, even just the opening line of the Lonely Island one with jaw Rastafarianism. Yes, I Ross Trent. Yes. But a ding, 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 whoa. <laughs> like, it's like it nails that like white guy trying who just discovered reggae. And it's sure. I mean, an artist who I think is exceptionally talented but like i think ross trent is a perfect blending of weird owls buy me a condo and everything about matis yahoo like i love matis yahoo but like even the other day i was listening to it and i was like should i be more concerned that a guy dressed as a rabbi is rapping in such a thick jamaican accent these are these are valid (laughs) questions but again i think what's interesting about al's version is he's doing it but it is all everything about the song is drawing attention to the like it's a song about cultural appropriation ultimately this is the definition of juxtaposition like if you needed an example to explain to someone like what juxtaposition is supposed to be yeah this is a great song to give them we took it all. We brought them to our land. An endless night. Ember hot and icy cold. The rage of the earth. We made this curse. Carved it in the blood on our backs. We did not see. We could not, but she did. And in the end... What will I become? Senwa Saga. Hellblade 2. Play it now with Game Pass. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey, do you have an idea for a podcast but don't know where to start? Or do you have an already existing podcast that you want to take to the next level? Well, check out WeKnowPodcasting.com. From concept development to theme music to editing to logos, WeKnowPodcasting.com is a one-stop shop for all things pod. Don't hesitate to hit us up. We're very nice. Also, just throwing this out there because A, he name drops him and I don't think we'll ever have another time on this show to talk about. He just randomly name drops Jackson Brown in the middle of this, which I guess is because like he kind of represents a little bit of that yuppie culture. But Jackson Brown was my aunt's absolute favorite musician. And when she died, she had like every one of his albums on CD. So I took those CDs and I got to tell you, Jackson Brown fucking rules, man. In a random, it is funny. I mean, I guess it's just his jokey, like, um, I get, yeah, I got to sell my Bob Marley records and get me some Jackson Brown. It's just yeah. like the most like basic white guy thing <laughs> he could, and also fits the rhyme scheme. In a funny sort of random twist, very recently, just earlier this year, I actually met Jackson Brown 
Is he as nice as I hope he is? He is. Good. <laughs> I was backstage at a show. I was in LA doing uh, a bunch of shows with uh, Mike Doty, who I also work with a bunch. And Mike got invited to be a guest at a show at Largo with the uh, Watkins Family Hour. Okay. Um, it's like a bluegrass show, but they have a rotating uh, you know, a, a group of guest musicians who play at each one. It's just surprise guests at each show. And Mike was one of them, and I went along with him. I wasn't actually playing. I was just, like, kind of went there for support and to check out the show. And uh, we're meeting everyone. And then all of a sudden, someone's like, oh, have you met Jackson? <laughs> and I am just look up, and it's like, it's Jackson. I was like, oh, no, hi. <laughs> it's like that bizarre moment. Like, I honestly don't even remember what I said to him, really. But, like, we spoke for, like, a couple minutes. And he was very pleasant, very, like, eager to meet everybody and... um and he got up there and he did, uh, you know, I might, I'm not even going to remember it, but like he was the guest. They introduced him. Of course, the crowd went nuts. He got up there and he did a song that I had never heard before. It was a deep cut. It was not a hit. It yeah. was beautiful. And he was like, see ya. Yeah, I was <laughs> like, say, if, if you're... Deep cut and then left. I was like, wow, man. He like, what a performer. He crushed. Yeah. So if you're like, I don't know who Jackson Brown is, which is possible. I think it's, it's I, possible. I feel like he's, he's in that weird pocket where it's like you either know him or you don't uh but you would definitely know somebody's baby uh was probably his biggest hit from like fast times at ridgemount high the other big hit that i think of from him is doctor my eyes which is an awesome song doctor my eyes is one of the best songs ever yeah that is a beautiful beautiful song dude the harmonies on the chorus that piano that driving piano throughout it and it was gonna I, for what it's worth. I was gonna say like in my mind, his biggest song is "Running on Empty." Running on Empty, which a big does one. get played a lot as well. He um, played. He actually wrote "Take It Easy" for the Eagles. For the Eagles, yeah, that's um, right. But then the one that actually shattered my heart. You know, you know how sometimes there's a song that like. So when I was listening to all those CDs, while this song had nothing to do with my aunt. It was like something about listening to this specific song for the first time and thinking about how much this artist meant to her. And I like in the back of my mind, I could see her listening to the song and being yeah. moved by it. I yeah. became moved by it is The Pretender. The Pretender. That's like, also a great, great, great song. Oh, my God. The, the, the lyrics in that song are just like heartbreaking. It's, it's a really beautiful song. But the song that made me love Jackson Brown, where it was more than just like, oh, I like Dr. My Eyes, I like Running on Empty, is on Running on Empty. I'm pretty sure it's on Running on Empty. Uh, has a bunch of live tracks. And there's this closing track called The Loadout that's like an ode to the groupies and like diehard fans that then bleeds into a cover of Stay. Yeah. <laughs> and it is, I mean, it's nine minutes, but it is worth every second of those nine minutes to sit down and listen to that song. So... If you if, if you don't like yeah. buy me a condo, check out <laughs> check out the loadout slash stay by Jackson yes. Brown. <laughs> well, our title character in Buy Me a Condo has moved on to Jackson Brown. So if you feel like you can relate to that, yeah. this is the move. <laughs> I was gonna say another testament, the running on empty, that entire record is live. Yes. Okay. The single version, is... the, the version of that song that it gets played is the only one, is a live recording. It's incredible. It sounds yeah. so good. He also has a very good one of the like I said, she had everything by him. There's uh, I think it was called Solo Acoustic Volume One, and it was basically like his version of Behind the Music. It's like an hour acoustic live performance where he's like giving you these in depth stories mm. about the writing of like different wow. big hits. And his, it's 
he he is an artist that is truly worth diving into because yes. the music is really fantastic. Yeah, Jackson Brown brings a lot of emotions up for me because of because I can you know, it's weird those even it's crazy how someone's favorite artist when they're gone very quickly can become one of your favorite artists because it's like that one connective tissue it's that keeps them yeah, here. Absolutely, yeah. yeah. This is, That's this really is nice how little that. information I have to talk about by No, I was going to say, well, maybe maybe <laughs> we've, we've tapped into here, like, you know, Al wrote this song making fun of Jackson Brown, so that's why you're not- you're uh, like, you're fuck you, not as, He's like, you know what, Al, it's not funny at all. <laughs> but, but yeah, I mean, I, I'm not sure if you have any other additional- insights on buy me a condo or are we ready to to rank this bad i guess boy? so i mean i would just say again I, I you know i guess it'll come out in my rankings here but I, I i really do think that lyrically this really strikes me as one of the smarter more thoughtful songs that he has ever come up with i yeah. I, I don't know i really really and maybe i'm more impressed because like i said like i feels like at this point in time it should be more like frighteningly problematic than it is but i actually i don't know i think the sentiment behind the song is is spot on and yeah it's almost uh, like it's it's almost that it's that weird element of satire right like part yeah part of satire sometimes is that you have to be problematic to drive home what you're making fun of yeah (laughs) yeah 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 he's he this is really like he's kind of pushing the envelope with this song in a way that's still feels not inappropriate i mean we're not in this like reggae boom anymore like we were at the time where he wrote this but i'm into it i i you know i guess your mileage may vary based on your uh tolerance for uh a reggae groove because it does run for a while the the hook comes back a few times but i also feel like that's very indicative of the genre yeah um Um, they kind of come up with a groove and just like sit in it for a long time and just let it go you know you know after we talked about this I do think I'm going to bump this up a little bit higher than I originally intended. Ooh, I've convinced you. Yeah. Look, checks in the mail and and Midnight Star, spoiler alert, are probably going to be hanging out there for until at least we get to the next album. But um, but I, I am going to put this kind of near the middle. Um, I don't like it as much as Happy Birthday. I think Happy Birthday is just pure chaotic energy. But I do think that I like it more than such a groovy guy. So I'm putting it there. So just to recap for the people listening, uh, for the original songs, I go Checks in the Mail, Midnight Star, Mr. Frump, I'll Be Mellow When I'm Dead, Happy Birthday, Buy Me a Condo, Such a Groovy Guy, Buckingham, Got a Boogie. Okay. Yeah, I'm going to I'm gonna go higher than you. I'm. You know what? I'm going with my instinct on this, and this is probably going to be a controversial choice. I am putting this above Mr. Frump. Okay, so right underneath Midnight Star, but... Right underneath Midnight Star. All right, all right. Wow, I do, I do love Frump. I do love Frump, and Frump, Frump is Frump also... Frump is what it is. Like, Frump, Frump is what it is, and Frump is very clever as well. I'm a sucker for, like, a clever premise, um, and I think that's... I just... I, I'm I'm a sucker for this one. What can I say? Yeah. There it goes. All right, well, we got, we got a big one next week, and mm. we got a guest next week, so... Guests... So strap in for next week's episode. Yes. You're listening to the Geekscape Network. 